Morning. Going all in. I'm sure you've all heard of that saying. Its origin is in reference to gambling, specifically the game of poker. It refers to a moment when a player, out of bravado, recklessness, or desperation, bets all of his or her chips on a single hand. They have gone all in. Over the, over the years, its use has broadened and is now often used to describe a person that is very excited, enthusiastic, and fully committed to something. To help explain what I mean, I've found some examples online of people who I think could be described as all in. So the first slide. <laughs> I think that's pretty good effort. They have definitely gone all in for their uh, decorations. Uh, if, our, if Amy had uh, her way, our house would look like that at Christmas. <laughs> okay, next one. Outside of the house, again, all in. I don't know what their electricity bill must be. Next one. <laughs> if you're going to do a beard, that is how you do it properly. He has gone all in. Okay, next one. No prizes for guessing what these girls have gone all in for. I don't think they could fit anything else in their bedroom. I don't know where they sleep. Okay, next one. Trimming hedges. I'm not an expert in this area, but whoever lives here has gone all in. Next one. <laughs> so, I wasn't sure if this guy was all in for Topery or Thomas the Tank Engine. Either way, it's impressive. He has gone all in. Okay, next one. Okay, so this guy's going to have to go all in to get through that, and he looks pretty excited about the opportunity. That is how you do a burger. Okay, next one. Okay, now this one made me laugh when I was looking pictures up online. This is Lady Gaga. Um, I have no idea what she's doing or what's going on, but whatever it is, she has gone all in. There's no doubt. It's just ridiculous. Um, I have no idea. But probably the first time this picture's been used in church. <laughs> all of these people have gone all in for their chosen hobby or cause. What do you go all in for? What are you excited, enthusiastic, and fully committed to? Anyone who knows me well enough will tell you that my thing is golf. I don't think I'm quite as extreme as the people we have just seen, though Amy might disagree, but there is no doubt I am all in for golf. Any time I can, I'll gladly spend four hours on a golf course. In the depths of winter, even when it's sub-zero, I'll still be out playing if I can. Last Christmas, top of my wish list were battery-powered heated socks. And I can tell you, they are a total game-changer. If I can't play golf, I watch golf on TV, I watch golf videos on YouTube, I talk about golf, sorry Amy. I practice chipping in the garden, putting in the lounge, I spend hours on the driving range. I've even managed to get my three-year-old Jesse into golf. It's safe to say I am all in. God has given us the ability to be excited, enthusiastic and fully committed. There are so many hobbies, interests and causes that people enjoy and get involved with. I'm sure we all have one or many things that we go all in for. But what about when it comes to our relationship with Jesus? 
to our Christian faith? Do we go all in in the same way? Are we excited, enthusiastic, and fully committed to God? And if we decide to live like that, what difference does it make? Today we're looking at 2 Chronicles 5, 2-14. This account is when King Solomon had finished building the temple and was bringing the Ark of the Lord for the first time to the newly completed place of worship. In King Solomon's day, the Ark of the Lord was the Israelites' reference point for God. It often carried the tangible presence of God. Until now, the Ark had, been, had no permanent position and was housed in a tent, and it had been moved from place to place. God had instructed David, Solomon's father, to build a temple, a permanent place of worship, and he told him that it should be his son Solomon who would build it. And that's where we pick up the story. So 2 Chronicles 5, 2 to 14. It's on page 438 of your church Bibles, if you want to read. It'll be up on the screen as well. As I read, think about the attitude of the Israelites and King Solomon. Are they going all in? Are they excited, enthusiastic, and fully committed? The ark brought to the temple. Brought to the temple. I don't think they bought it. Then Solomon summoned to Jerusalem the elders of Israel, all the heads of the tribes and the chiefs of the Israelite families, to bring up the ark of the Lord's covenant from Zion, the city of David. And all the Israelites came together to the king at the time of the festival in the seventh month. When all the elders of Israel had arrived, the Levites took up the ark, and they brought up the ark and the tent of meeting and all the sacred furnishings in it. The Levitical priests carried them up, and King Solomon and the entire assembly of Israel had gathered about him, were before the ark, sacrificing so many sheep and cattle that they could not be recorded or counted. The priests then brought the ark of the Lord's covenant to its place in the inner sanctuary of the temple, the most holy place, and put it beneath the wings of the cherubim. The cherubim spread their wings over the place of the ark and covered the ark with, and its carrying poles. These poles were so long that extending from the ark could be seen from in front of the inner sanctuary, but not from the outside of the holy place. And they're still there today. Well, not today. There's nothing in the ark except the two tablets that Moses had put in at Horeb, where the Lord had made a covenant with the Israelites after they came out of Egypt. The priests then withdrew from the holy place. All the priests who were there had consecrated themselves regardless of their divisions. All the Levites who were musicians, Asfa, Heman, and Judaithan, and their sons and relatives stood at the east side of the altar, dressed in fine linen and playing cymbals, harps, and lyres. They were accompanied by 120 priests sounding trumpets. The trumpeteers and musicians joined in unison to give praise and thanks to the Lord. Accompanied by trumpets, cymbals and other instruments, the singers raised their voices in praise to the Lord and sang, He is good, his love endures forever. Then the temple of the Lord was filled with a cloud and the priests could not perform their service because of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord filled the temple of God. It's a really cool account. This occasion was a big deal for the Israelite nation. Imagine it happening in our day. 
They had scheduled an extra bank holiday. The party is trending number one on Twitter. The whole nation is talking about it. Roads are being closed to hold street parties. Everyone is tuning in on TV. Important government officials and dignitaries have been flown in. The best entertainment was being prepared. Pop stars are headlining the evening show. The budget's been completely blown. People nationwide are going on shopping sprees, panic buying all the beef and lamb to get ready for their celebrations. What an occasion. There's a lot going on in this passage, but I want to pull out the simple fact that Solomon and the Israelites were excited, enthusiastic, and fully committed. God wants us to be the same because what we do is a reflection of who we are. And equally, who we are is shaped by what we do. As we saw earlier on the screens, the couple that decided to go all in for Christmas, over time, what came out is a house overflowing with Christmas lights and decorations. The two girls that were going all in for pink over time, their room turned pink. As I go all in for golf, I would love to say that over time, what comes out is incredible golf. Unfortunately, it doesn't quite work like that and I can still be pretty rubbish. But what comes out is a golf superfan. I live and breathe it and I'm hopefully getting better too. God wants us to be all in for him so that we can be changed and shaped by his love. Jesus says in Mark 12, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind and with all your strength. It's the first and most important command we have as Christians. Jesus is telling us to go all in. Because as we go all in for Jesus over time, guess what's going to come out? Jesus. We are commanded to go all in for God. Not for his benefit, but ours. God is totally and fully complete, sustained and wholly perfect in every way, whether we worship him or not. But he wants us to go all in. He wants us to worship so that we will see him, become more like him, and experience his goodness and love moving in and through our lives. I love how our passage today ends. Solomon and the Israelites are busy going all in, giving their very best to God. Their hearts are overflowing with thankfulness and praise. As they celebrate and worship, it says, then the temple of God was filled with a cloud and the priests could not perform their service because of the cloud. For the glory of the Lord filled the temple of God. Man, I love that. Because it's a promise. When we go all in in worship, we will see God. Psalms 22 says, God inhabits the praises of his people. When we live all in for God, expect to be changed. Expect to see Jesus move in and through your life. Seeing God move isn't something that should be reserved for church on Sundays. We can go all in for God all the time in every way. How we do that may look different for all of us. Of course, worship is part of what we do at church on Sunday, as we've been doing today and we should go all in we should be excited enthusiastic and fully committed but worship can and should be part of our everyday life for you it might be making time each morning to read your bible or volunteering for a local charity after work 
or even how you choose to fill in your tax return. On the face of it, I don't think I've ever been excited and enthusiastic about filling in a tax return. But we can choose to make even that an act of worship if we do so in response to God's goodness and love. Thank you, God, that you are my provider. Whether I have plenty or little, I know I can trust you. Thank you that you are holy and true and I'm going to make sure I don't cut any corners or hide any of my earnings because I know honesty and integrity honour you. Thank you that you are kind and generous and you give generously to us. I want to be the same. I'm excited to see what I owe in tax so I can plan how I can be generous with anything I might have left. God, I recognise it's you who puts in place those who rule and govern over us. You love them and you want us to pray for them. I pray you would give our government wisdom to, take these ta- to use these taxes wisely and to invest them into just causes. What a difference. If we can make filling in a tax return an act of worship and we can see God in that, as we go all in, as we live our lives in worship, we will see God's goodness and love in anything and everything we do, even the most mundane. Going all in, worshipping God, isn't so much about what we are doing, but the reason we are doing it. Worship helps us take our eyes off ourselves and put them on God. It helps us take our focus off our imperfection and puts it on his perfection. It takes our emphasis away from our failures and puts it on his victory. It takes our attention away from our weakness and puts it on his strength. I don't know about you, but I want to see God move in and through my life every day. I don't want the love of God that he's put inside me to be dormant. I want it to change me, to shape me, and to define me. I want it to impact those around me. I want to become more like Jesus. Going all in, worshipping, is a tool that God has given us to help us do just that. There's a very similar account to today's passage found in 2 Samuel 6, and it's one of my favourites. It records when years earlier, Solomon's father David had brought the Ark of the Lord to Jerusalem in a similar way. During David's celebrations, people expected him to keep up and maintain a certain level of royal etiquette because he was king. But David was celebrating his God. He didn't care what people thought or expected of him. He was going to celebrate the Lord and he did it by dancing with all his might. I've not verified this, but it might be the earliest historical record of a dad dance. (laughs) When questioned why he was dancing in such an undignified way, he replied, I was dancing before the Lord who chose me. He appointed me as Israel's leader the people of the Lord. So I will celebrate before the Lord. Yes, I am willing to look even more foolish than this, even to be humiliated in my own eyes. I love that attitude because it's an attitude of worship. He was all in. God's goodness and love had so impacted his life, it had so captured his heart that he couldn't help himself but worship. His relationship with God was what he cared about most. David was excited, enthusiastic, and fully committed to God. And the Bible esteems him as a man after God's own heart. 
Solomon and the Israelites too went all in and they saw the presence and the glory of God. So for us too, let's choose to live our lives as worshippers. Let's choose to be excited, enthusiastic and fully committed. And we too will see God. We will be transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit. God's goodness and love will flow in and through us, impacting and changing our lives and the lives of those around us. God wants us to be worshippers, to go all in. So let's choose to live our lives all in for Jesus.